This is the end. Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to the last episodes of Quick Hits. A lot of you know, because I've said it ad nauseum, that I'm a real Star Trek fan. And I remember the very first series, the original Star Trek with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy way back in the 1960s. But I have to say that my most favorite series out of all of them is Star Trek Next Generation, which was the sequel to the original. A lot of people say that Deep Space Nine is a much better series. I don't happen to agree with that. I have watched The Next Generation in its totality several times. I'm in the midst of finishing it again on Netflix. And there's an episode that relates to what I want to convey to you today. And that episode is from the very end of the series. It's season seven. The last two episodes, it was a two-parter entitled All Good Things. And this is from a phrase, a longer phrase, all good things must come to an end. And in this episode... The very end, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, played by Patrick Stewart, happens upon his senior crew who've been playing poker. They play poker a lot in this series. And Picard has never sat in on this game. And he decides to at the very end. And he says, I should have done this a long time ago. Well, I'm not saying I should have done this recording a long time ago, but it is time for me to call it quits. This is the last podcast you're going to get from me for quite some time. And I'd like to explain why. But before I do that, I really want to acknowledge and thank all the people who provided me feedback over the past seven years since I began this podcast series, since I began blogging after I retired from CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Your comments, your corrections were necessary, and your encouragement have been fantastic. And I really, really do appreciate everything that people have said to me in person, have written to me. It's very touching that there are those who appreciate and welcome these podcasts for what they have contributed to our understanding of terrorism national security and I'm hoping a contribution to the debate in general about these topics. So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Why am I quitting right now? Well, there's a couple of reasons actually. First and foremost, I find myself being very repetitive. And what I mean by that is the more that I do podcasts, the more I do media interviews, the more I do blogs, I find that a lot of what I'm saying I've said before, and not just once or twice, but many times over. I don't find that really interesting to keep saying the same things, even if I believe them still to be true. It's getting a little bit boring. Secondly, and this is perhaps uh, an even more important reason, I find that I want to turn my attention to other interests. Doing a weekly podcast, writing daily blogs, like Today in Terrorism, some of the perspectives, doing media interviews when there's breaking information coming out, has forced me not only to keep up on what's happening in the world, but also to set aside other things that that kind of get me up in the morning. I've mentioned on several occasions that I used to work as a multilingual analyst with CSE, Communication Security Establishment, Canada Signals Intelligence Organization, and my language abilities have uh, frittered away over the past couple of years, to say the least. I even taught linguistics for 15 years back in the 90s and 2000s. Not saying I'm going to go back to teaching linguistics, but I do miss that aspect of dealing with languages. I want to get back to that. 
I also have a passion for literature, for fiction, largely science fiction. And I have other projects I want to work on, including maybe even writing another book. But for the first time in six books, this will not be a book on terrorism. Stay tuned for more information on that down the road. A bit of a spoiler alert. It has to do with World War I, but it has nothing to do with terrorism. I also find that now that I have grandchildren, I want to spend more time with them, uh, bring them up to the cottage, play with them, have more of a sleepovers and things like that. And it's hard to give them the full give them the full attention they deserve if you're busy writing about terrorism all the time. Now, having said that, I'm not disappearing completely. I will do the odd media interview where I do think there's something that I can say of interest or might contribute to the general conversation, a perspective that I think needs to be heard. For the time being, I'm going to continue the Today in Terrorism series for a couple of reasons. A, I find it fun. B, I don't see anything else out there that's analogous to that. And it seems to get me a bit of a reception. I'll also keep an eye on what's happening in the world uh, on the terrorism front. I will be active on Twitter, sharing uh, news stories about acts of terrorism wherever to remind people that it's still out there and that there are threats that we still have to deal with. In closing, I want to issue a couple cautionary notes that I've also talked about a little bit in the past. I won't end on a negative note, I promise you. One is this tendency of late to call everything terrorism. That worries me. We acknowledge that terrorism, there's no consensus in what it means, what it's defined as. There's There's criminal code definitions, there are academic definitions, there are layperson definitions. But it seems to me that a lot of things are being called terrorism that clearly aren't. And the other side of that coin, there are things that clearly are terrorism, which are not being called it. Let me give you a small example of each. There are a lot of hate crimes taking place in our society now. As I record this, of course, Russia has invaded Ukraine. We're seeing reports of far-right actors getting involved in that. And there's no question that the far-right is a legitimate concern to security intelligence and law enforcement agencies. But from my perspective, which could be completely wrong, because I'm certainly not a specialist in the far-right, a lot of the far-right strikes me as more of hate than terrorism. And the two terms are not synonymous. As I've stated ad nauseum, terrorism is a subset of hate. Hate is not a subset of terrorism. And I wonder if we're gaining anything by calling hateful attacks acts of terrorism. The other thing that worries me is the tendency still to call people experts. And I've racked my brain to try to figure out what's the qualification for being a national security expert? What's the qualification for being a terrorism expert? You know that I refuse to be called an expert. I never refer to myself as that for the simple reason that the term is all but meaningless. And here I'm going to point a finger at the media. I have many friends in the media. I have great respect for the media, but I find some in the national press, online sites are somewhat lazy in their use of the term expert expertise. They're not doing their homework to determine if the people whom they are citing or whom they are interviewing actually are quote unquote experts in terrorism or national security. So a bit of a challenge to the media types. Do a, bit, do a bit more background checking before you use the term expert. Last but not least, I am very concerned that in this, especially in the West, this tendency now to see far-right terrorism, far-right extremism 
as the number one priority. And as I said, it certainly is worrisome. We've seen attacks here in Canada, in Western Europe, in Australia, New Zealand. My fear is that we're, we're, we're missing the forest for the trees. The forest is jihadism. And if you follow me on Twitter, at Boreala Saves, you'll notice that I'm tweeting out every single day jihadi attacks around the world, be it in Pakistan, Afghanistan, in the Middle East, in East Africa, Somalia, in Sub-Saharan Africa, the Sahel, in Nigeria, in Mozambique, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and less common, thankfully, but still out there, attacks in, in, in the West as well. As of the time of this recording, Islamist terrorist attacks, jihadi attacks, still constitute 99% of all attacks around the world. And no one seems to want to talk about it. And I think one of the reasons is because it's happening over there, meaning in Africa or Asia, it's not happening quite as often as it used to in the West. And as a consequence, we're ignoring it. We're not interested. And we're focusing all our attention on the far right, which again, merits the attention to a certain degree. I simply think that if we ignore the jihadi threat too much, We'll find ourselves in the same position we were in the late 1990s, into the 2000s with 9-11, where jihadi groups which grow in strength over there are going to start coming over here to plan their attacks. That's exactly what happened with 9-11. A group that we were following, but obviously not following closely enough, carried out the single largest terrorist attack of history in history on that September Tuesday, September morning in 2001. So let's not forget the jihadis are still out there and are not nearly as weakened as some experts and some some analysts seem to think in the end though it's been a great experience i've learned a lot about podcasting over the past seven years i've enjoyed speaking to my guests i've had on some fantastic guests far too many to name but some truly international leaders in thinking about terrorism and writing about terrorism and analyzing terrorism and national security And these people have been very generous with their time in coming on my podcast and sharing their thoughts and sharing their experiences. You know that I have a natural bias towards practitioners, having been a practitioner myself for 32 years, but I've had a whole gamut of people come on the podcast and it's been a really, really interesting experience. And I'm very grateful for them for taking the time to to join me and, and share what they know with my listeners. And last but not least, a thank you to my listeners podcast has been fairly successful over the years. Uh, I've gotten a lot of um, emails, um, texts from people who say, keep it up. I love to keep it up, guys, but it really is time for a change. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your support over the years and your encouragement. You never know. You never say never. I may come back someday, but for the time being, this is the last podcast you'll hear from Borealis. There are other good podcasts out there. I encourage you to follow. And again, thank you for your support over the years. Signing off for the last time, I'm Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting. You can follow me on Twitter at Borealis Saves. Find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. I'll also put in one last plug for my most recent book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present, available on Amazon Kindle. Or also my website, borealisthreatenedrisk.com. Love to hear from you. I'll say it one last time. Stay safe, folks. Hope to see you again soon.